Welcome to the Intuitive Edge, episode 183. Today's guest, former rock star from Australia, Michelle Blood. Two months ago, I was shopping and I usually turn left where I was going to go shopping and it just was turn right. I just, it's like, just go right. And, uh, and straight after I turned right, there was a car accident on the left where I would have been. Welcome to the Intuitive Edge. I'm Victoria Lynn Weston, your host. I'm an intuitive business consultant, entrepreneur, and founder of Studio Carlton. We're a group of voice designers, producers, and developers of Amazon Alexa skills. I embrace big, bold ideas, and I love doing the unpredictable when it comes to helping business owners and professionals expand their brand, gain recognition, and attract new business. The future is here, and it's all about voice. Check out StudioCarlton.com. Today, my guest is Michelle Blood, and her quote is, the purpose of life is enlightenment, and I think that's so true. Michelle Blood is a successful, multi-talented lady. In addition to creating magnet-to-success products and seminars worldwide, her public mystical success events have been held in over 26 countries with an audience as large as 50,000 people. Michelle has co-written and created over 80 books, audio programs, TV shows, mind transformation, meditation, and more. She's appeared on hundreds of podcasts, radio shows in over 26 countries. Michelle is also a former rock star in Australia. She was very popular, and then she had a tragic moment in her life that changed all that. Let's go connect with Michelle Blood and find out her story. Michelle, it's a pleasure to have you here on The Intuitive Edge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, tell me a little bit about your backstory. Well, it's quite unique. <laughs> yeah, um, I started singing professionally at the age of five on TV and then eventually I started quite a few different rock bands and then I had a really good rock band and we toured at one stage seven years non-stop around Australia and um, I was the lead singer the manager of the band one of the main songwriters we ended up getting you know a really good record deal with Time Warner and did videos and toured with so many amazing people like Pretenders, In Excess, you know, just so many big bands that would come out from um, different countries to tour Australia and we'd be like their start-up band until eventually we ended up getting, you know, people doing that for us. And then one of the worst things you could possibly think of for a, a front singer who was like pretty outrageous on stage, I'd do handstands and jump up on the double speakers and <laughs> anything to entertain. Yeah, and and I had uh, on my way home from a gig. It was a twelve-hour drive. For, I was with the truck driver, and he fell asleep at the wheel. And as the passenger, when we hit a telephone pole, uh, a lot of the musical equipment from the truck went into me. So I was probably not going to make it that night. You know, to even. Well, I guess we should not be so light about it. You basically. After you were finished working one night, you had a near-fatal car accident. So that was probably a major, major turning point in your life, and you lived to tell about it today. So how long when you had this accident? I mean, what happened from there? I mean, did you have, by any chance, like an out-of-body experience, or were you in the hospital? Did you wake up in the hospital? Because, again, this was a turning point in your life and in your career. I, I was awake the entire time. Oh. And, yeah, I, I never 
was wasn't knocked us out. It was excruciating. At first, it was really weird. At first, um, I couldn't feel anything. At first, because I was, I guess, my body was in shock, and I had these really great leather puss in boots that go up to your thigh on. <laughs> and I still remember the ambulance guy saying, I'm going to have to cut these boots. And I says, oh, no, really, you don't have to cut them, do you? And he said, yeah, I think so. And I could hear what they were saying on the way to the hospital. But the interesting thing is that we were right across the road from one of the best hospitals in Australia, North Sydney Hospital, and there happened to be, you know, just these amazing surgeons on duty at the time. So it was pretty amazing. I had uh, my pelvis was completely not just broken but smashed. The hip bone cracked right through in three places. Oh, wow. Uh, um, all the bone, the broken bone, went into my bladder. And so one of the operations, just to get that out, was 17 and a half hours, and then I was in traction. Uh, it's just a horrific. I was in the hospital for months and months and months, and they said, if you do survive, you'll never walk again properly. You know, and as a singer and a, you know, front person, I couldn't really get my grip around that because I was like, you'd think you'd be really grateful that you're alive, but I wasn't. <laughs> I was like, you know, kill me now. <laughs> if I can't, if I can't do what I love to do, what's the point of life? Because that's, you know, I, I as, far, as far as I was concerned, I was on my best journey of my life. I, um, I didn't die or anything while I was in the hospital, but since then I have gone through that Stargate since deep meditation that happened many years later with when I met an enlightened teacher. But um, we can talk about that in a little bit. But anyway. I, it was the worst and best thing that could ever have happened to me was that car accident. And, um, and so after you, you were healing in that, and then um, obviously you were thinking about what you do from here, you obviously can still walk, and you healed from all that. But something happened. You, you decided to do something different with your skills as opposed to going out and becoming, again, the, the rock star that you were for several years. You decided to do things that had related to affirmation songs. Well, it's really weird how this happened was I was – I couldn't move, so I couldn't – they kept putting on these cassettes of positive stuff, and I'd never heard any of it about seminars or motivational stuff because I was motivated. <laughs> yeah, right. Already. You need all that, right? <laughs> Yeah, and so, but one of the, ta and I couldn't turn it off, you know, but it's really annoying when you're in a low vibration and people have got all this positivity and sunshine, they look like they're farting daisies. <laughs> and um, it was really annoying to me, except one tape, the book from Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, there was an audio book, and I was listening to that, didn't want to listen to it, but I couldn't move to turn it off, and the one chapter of that book that said Napoleon Hill's little son, infant son, was born 100% deaf, 100% deaf, no hearing at all, no possibility of being able to hear. And this is a book that's written in the 1920s about successful entrepreneur, male businessman in America. What had that to do with a, a young female Australian rock singer? Nothing except that chapter. He said he did these auto-suggestions which we now know is affirmations, to heal his little infant son so he could heal here. 
And so he went into his little boy's room every night for years and said, you can hear perfectly, you grow up strong, you're, you know, all these positive affirmations to this little boy. And the little boy ended up going to a normal hearing school by the time he was four. He had 30% of his hearing. He ended up becoming this really wealthy entrepreneur in the hearing aid industry. So, Victoria, something within me, you know when you know, you have a satori, a knowing, an aha, whatever you choose to call it. I yeah. knew that that was true. I knew it was true. So I said to myself, okay, I'm going to do some affirmations because they say I'm never going to be healed properly, probably never walk again properly, and that's if my back even heals because my part of my back that was fractured, they didn't know what was going to happen with that. They couldn't even operate on it for a while, for another few months. So I started doing, okay, I've got a, an affirmation, a positive statement you say about yourself to yourself. You have to emotionalize it and you've got to say it in the now as if it's already happened. So I said, okay, I am healed because I wasn't healed. Oh, good. I'm on, I'm, <laughs> I'm on the right track. <laughs> yeah. I love myself. I, yeah, I love myself. I am my friend because I didn't love myself. I wasn't my friend. I felt suicidal, but I couldn't do anything about it. And so I did that for a couple of weeks. I am healed. I know I am. I love myself. I am my friend over and over again, but it didn't work. Do you know why, Victoria? Why? Because the doubting mind, I mean, we know now from neuroscientists and all the studies that have been done, you know, the doubting mind can just throw away a thought if it doesn't believe it's true. And that's why Napoleon Hill said you have to emotionalize the thought, the affirmation, for it to stay in the treasury of your subconscious mind and plant a new thought because then the mind will work with your higher self and it will do what you've just told it to do. It will heal your body. And so I, I just couldn't emotionalize it. My doubting mind, the doctors keep coming in and saying, you you know, again, we don't like to be, but you, if you do walk again, you'll have a permanent limp, blah, blah, blah. And they're just trying to be honest because they've got to, I guess, be honest with the patients. But it was pretty hard news. So my doubting mind just didn't believe it because these doctors knew what they were talking about and I didn't. But then lightning struck. <laughs> I realized as a singer-songwriter, you can't get a song out of your head. That's why advertising agencies spend billions a year on jingles because they know once you hear that song, you'll always associate that song with your their product forever, forever. Yeah. And that's why kids can learn their ABCs by singing them. So I thought, well, I'm going to try to sing it. I asked someone to put a blank cassette in. And just put it on record, and I just started singing. I am healed, I know I am. I love myself, I am my friend. Over and over and over again. And so that is how the affirmation music was totally accidental for me to be healed. And I actually was becoming brighter in my mind. I felt more positive. I started to see possibilities of even if I wasn't going to be able to walk again properly, what I could do with my voice, with my songwriting. And it was really quite fascinating. So by the time I got out of the hospital, uh, I was healed. I was healed. And the doctors said it was a miracle. It was impossible for me to be walking as I was walking. Um, and anyway, so I went into the studio, just a little studio, and started recording and writing with a couple of musician friends 
tons of different affirmation songs just for us, for our success, for our happiness, having no intention of giving it to the public to listen to. They're not proper songs, they're affirmations, you know. <laughs> and um, what happened was I ended up being, you know, put in front of TV, cameras, newspapers, everything about my miraculous healing because I was a pretty well-known singer. And what happened was promoters from that were bringing in people like Deepak Chopra, Bob Proctor, Tony Alessandra, Louise Hay came to me and they said, we would like you to tour with all of these people. We've got this big event going on and we want you to sing your affirmation and just talk a little bit about the affirmation song in between each of these speakers. And I was like, oh, well, that's ridiculous, you know, without a band or anything. They said, just get, you know, just have a backing track. And so they said, we'll pay you $5,000 per gig and you can sell your music at the back of the room. And I said, what, my music for my rock band? No, no, the affirmation songs. And I said, I don't sell that. And they said, well, you should. <laughs> and they said, we'll take a percentage. And that's how that happened. Deepak Chopra and Stuart Wilde were absolutely yeah. crazy crazy about what I was doing, the Magnet to Money song, all the, all the songs that I'd written and recorded. So I just went and had them put on CDs and sold them at the back of the room. I'd never made so much money in my life because rock musicians in Australia don't make any money until they've actually had a hit overseas as well. You just don't. It all goes to the road crew and, manage, and um, agents and stuff. And so that's how it happened. But Bob Proctor, rest in peace, great Bob Proctor, when right. I toured with when I toured with him, he didn't want a singer, but the promoter said, "No, you got no idea what she does to the audience." Which she's she's going on tour with you around Australia, and so the first night at the Four Seasons, which was the Regency mm -hmm. Hotel then in Sydney, uh, at the break, we were at the back in the back room, the green room, whatever you choose to call it, mm -hmm. and he said, "I did not want a singer." on tour with me. I don't need it. I've been doing this for a long time, little lady. And I said, well, nice to meet you too, mate. <laughs> oh. Anyway, he said, but I, I, he said, I'm totally 360 degrees into this. He said, that's what we all teach, affirmations, positive thinking. And you've done it with music. He said, I can still remember the energy lyrics. I can still remember the money song that you sang earlier, every lyric. He said, because it's amazing, I want you to tour the world with me. And uh, that's how I ended up touring the world with Bob Proctor and Deepak Chopra wanted to work with me. He got me to write um, affirmation songs for kids, self-esteem songs for kids. Uh, it just went crazy. Before I knew it, I was touring the world with uh, huge audiences all over the world. It was amazing. That's how it all began. That's very interesting. Now, uh, when you get into all your affirmation power songs, which people can explore, I guess your Magnet to Success products, too, are available. I imagine on your website, right, My Michelle Blood? Oh, yeah, I've got quite a few websites. But, the, yeah, the magnettosuccess.com has all my products. I've got a lot of books I've written. And I love the affirmation. I've... I love the affirmation. I loved how you defined it all and, and kind of how you stumbled on, on that. So, and we all need good affirmations because no matter how positive we are from time to time, you know, we get smacked up the side of the head from something really minute that's negative that constantly nags at you. And we always want to transport our, our mind, our thinking out of anything that's potentially negative because the negative thinking impacts our, our physical, mental health and all that. So we all know that. So, this is, I'm trying to look at, you've written, 
um, mystical success events. You've created over 80 books, music CDs, and audio programs, TV shows, and so on, all on the positive thought thought information. And you've been on a lot of TV shows as well talking about that. So I'll have all the links on our on our podcast link as I kind of go through all these things because, like you said, you've got lots of them there. Let me ask you a couple questions. Yeah. All right. You said, so how can somebody change their life to the positive and have success if they're really, really down in the dumps? Well, the thing is, if, well, I can totally relate to that. It's a really good question because when you're in that vibration, we all vibrate at a certain frequency. It's a, an oscillation, a speed. And so when you're in a lower oscillation, you want to bring it up fast, as fast as you can. But if you're sort of in the doubting mind and you're in fear, consciousness, and or depression, it's very, very challenging to lift yourself up out of that. So that's why the affirmation music has been downloaded so many millions of times because it works instantly, 300 times faster than just saying an affirmation. You don't have to even like the music. All you have to do is turn it on. <laughs> I've got a new app called Magnet to Money app. And um, so people can even have, you know, the Magnet to Money song, little reminders, notifications, all these positive affirmation songs so that they can, even if they don't, can't bring themselves to put the music on, they can at least um, have it come on automatically and at once every hour or twice a day or whatever they want. And it works really, really well when people are ill or down or depressed so quickly, it, they just have to listen. That's all they have to do because the lyrics, the affirmation go into the left side of the brain, the music into the right side of the brain, and just like an advertising jingle, it goes straight into your subconscious mind and it brings your oscillation up very, very fast. And the way that I've done the music, it's all in major keys, nothing's minor. And if anyone wants to really understand how this works, they can see all the scientific studies that have been proven that are on my website, michelleblood.com. And it's really fascinating. So even if you don't believe that this is true, check out the science, John Hopkins Hospital. I mean, the studies done at Berkeley, it's really, really quite amazing. And I was the first one to ever do it uh, with music because I did it not thinking it was going to be a product. I never in a million years would have thought that. But even as I was um, traveling, I realized that visualization also helps tremendously because I was so skinny, Victoria. Really? I mean, after I got out of the hospital, I was about, I think I was, they said I was 65 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm only five foot, so it's not like, you know, but still that's beyond. I mean, I couldn't even look in the mirror. I'd want to faint because I could, didn't eat for months in that hospital. They'd had to, you know, feed me with tubes and things. But anyway, um, so Kylie Minogue, another Australian singer, had a similar body that I had before my car accident. And she's only little like I am as well. So I put my head on her body and I visualized it because I, I began reading. I was studying ferociously everything I could. Um, Yogananda's spiritual books, deeply spiritual books and about visualization and all these people I was traveling with. I started studying their stuff as well because um, I found it so fascinating. I was just, you know, I wanted to learn everything. I still... Um, had my band going for a while and I started another band overseas and during the breaks I would um, 
I would just go and read. <laughs> Before I had to go back on stage, I couldn't stop reading about, you know, affirmations, about spirituality, about the mind, about meditation, about mysticism. I was just, you know, really into it. So it's it. like this accident really just triggered this whole spiritual spiritual life potential and you really tapped into that. Let me ask you a question. Do you think you're intuitive? Oh, I'm I'm enlightened. I'm totally intuitive. I studied, I went off the grid for 12 years of my life, looked for an enlightened teacher. I found one. They're very hard to find. She taught me for 12 years and eventually I became awakened. My Kundalini completely awakened. I went through the Stargate had a, and then once you're awakened in that way, you, you're you not just tuned to your higher self. You can hear everything. I'll give you an example of a very, very small example. Um, three days ago, my floorboards in the kitchen were sort of uh, getting soaked with water. And I was going to get a plumber to come in. and But I just went into meditation. I said, okay, where's the leak coming from? And I, re I immediately actually saw it in my mind's eye where it was. And it was the the ice bucket uh, from the refrigerator. There was a leak in it. Probably some mice or something had eaten into it. So um, I just turned that off and it was it was fixed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Little things. Good. So yeah. how does your intuition speak to you on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, it's just always there now, very, very clear. I always know what to do and when to do it who to meet and who not to meet. It's like like people get confused and they think that intuition is like a really strong feeling, like an emotion, but right, it's, it's not. not. Yeah. That's, no, it's not. That That's the ego. That's you wanting to do something. I really want to get there. Someone give me the money for the plane. You know, it's I, I'm meant to be there, <laughs> wherever there is. But, no, it's not like that at all. It's very, very quiet, and you just have to – it's like, for example – uh, two months ago, I was shopping and I usually turn left where I was going to go shopping and it just was turn right. I just, it's like, just go right. And uh, and straight after I turned right, there was a car accident on the, on the left where I would have been. Um, things like I've got many, many mystical, what I call my mystical students who I transmit light to and teach meditation. They come to me from all over the world for healing or for advice or whatever it is and um so many times i have that still small voice sometimes it's been loud it's actually once it was like son stop in a deep like a, like a moses voice <laughs> yeah and I, I i stopped and a bus went out in front of me that had lost its brakes um I just, i've been saved from so many things and helped other people as well one of my students, her daughter was going to go on this holiday and I said, and I don't do, I don't do that with my students. I advise them and teach them how to awaken themselves. But yeah. if it's something that's going to be in danger in their life, like this, uh, Nicole, uh, I said to her, you can't go on this holiday with your boyfriend. There's going to be a car accident. And she, she was going to go anyway, but her mother, who's a student of mine said, no, you're not going. And there was, and, um, where she would have been sitting, that, that part of the car was crashed. So, And sometimes it's like uh, this doctor that I knew, I said to him, your cancer's back. You have to go and get it checked out straight away. And he refused to. He said, no. I said, you're in denial 
I said, but you've got to realise that I am grateful to the doctors who stitched me together, all the steel plates and everything. I said, but we, you've got to go a step further. You're a doctor yourself. You've had cancer. You've been in chemo. You got better. You're in remission. But you're in denial by saying that you don't have it because I can see it. I could feel it. I could smell it. And he wouldn't go. He's a doctor himself. And um, six months later, he left the body with the cancer. So it, it's right. You know, it's so interesting how it just. Yeah, it I just, think everybody's different, how they experience intuition, extrasensory perception. And it always goes back to how sensitive somebody is, is how more dramatic or profound those experiences might be. But even the most skeptical are going to have their own unique intuitive experiences. And even though if they try to, you know, toss it aside or whatever, it's still there and they have to pay attention to it, like it or not. Um, anyway, you have students of your mystical experience from all over the world. And so how does somebody become a part of that? And how do you actually help people transform someone's consciousness? Well, what happens is, you, look. let's look at it this way. We have this higher self, which I look at as a diamond. And I, I did this really great video that you can see on my websites, which shows what happens to you. You've got this beautiful diamond. And what happens is it, like pieces get stuck on there, emotions, things from the past, past life experiences that you don't even remember that block that diamond. And so people when they don't feel intuitive or that they don't feel guided, it's because that diamond is blocked with all this sludge, lines of attention to things that keep you in the past or in the future, scared of the past, scared of the future, scared of not getting what you want or losing what you've already got. And so what the light does when it's transmitted, this is what happened to me when I first met my enlightened teacher. She, As she transmits that light, you feel it through your brain. It's like a tingling and waves coming through. And that light that's transmitted, she's in touch with God. So she's able to transmit light directly to your diamond, to your higher self, and speak to it. So when we're speaking to God or our higher self, and that's clogged, the there's so many limitations because God, it's, it's like you've got your higher self in jail, and it can't just go before you and prepare the way immediately because you can't hear it. You can't feel it. Because when you can feel it, your whole body is humming with the light. So the more that light is transmitted to a person, the more they become clear and they can feel, start to feel, feel that that burst of light, of that humming that is intrinsically the most natural thing in the world is for us to be one with that higher self and to be able to live through that co-creatively, but not as in duplicity, but as one. And so as the student gets the light transmitted to them and they do the affirmations as well, because that also helps bring up their vibration. The higher the vibration, the more that sludge is going to start dissipating and, wow. <laughs> you know, get off that beautiful diamond. So you can feel yourself. You can hear it. You know what to do and when to do it. When people are confused and they're not sure what to do, it's because they're they're clogged. That is clogged. Uh, and you've got to be able to clear that. Meditation is one of the highest ways of doing it. And I teach them how to meditate and I help meditate them. I do what my teacher used to do for me. And 
go into a lot of mystical explanations of what karma is, what enlightenment is, how it happens, what the chakras really are. So what that does as we speak more and more and more to them about past lives and what's happening and who they truly are, immortal consciousness, something happens within them that sparks a memory because they everyone knows all of this unconsciously, but then they're reborn again and, oh, whoops, uh-oh, forgot it all again. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And so, you, mean. you know, I do everything I can to to spark that memory, to spark that satori, that knowingness within them because people think that they know what enlightenment is or mysticism is because they've read a lot of books, but you don't know until you've had the actual experience. Knowing is having the experience because you wouldn't go to a piano teacher who can't play piano. So, you know, we have a lot of fun too because one of the things that I know is when you're really in love with God, the light, whatever you choose to call your higher self, you are in a place of such irreverent humor as well. It's a joyful place. It's a place where, you know, it's like native Indians used to say, you think this world is real. It is not real. It's just a shadow of what the brightness of what reality really is. And I want everyone to see that because otherwise they're suffering. You're either in that light or you're suffering or you're in fear of something. And I don't want anyone to suffer when they don't have to. Can you please share your journey from affirmations to a full Kundalini awakening? Yeah, I mean, maybe, so, maybe, maybe define to us what is a Kundalini awakening? Well, there's there's different types of experiences. At the base of our spine, there is what is called Kundalini, and what that is is it's vibrating energy from the divine, and we have along the along the parallel to the spine something called a shashumna, which is like an ethereal tube that is blocked with all, like I said before, how you get blocked. And you have all these chakras that are along the spine. Uh, And they have to be ignited because if they're not ignited, you can't ever be awakened. So the Kundalini, if you've got a teacher sending you light, that's you feel it through your brain, and that's like inviting the Kundalini to come up. And what the Kundalini does is when you can actually see it, it's vibrating molecules of bubbles like bubbles it's vibrating scrubbing clean the shashumna so that you can activate so that it will once it's reached the heart chakra it will activate that because people say oh you your chakras are blocked of course everybody's chakras are blocked but how do you clean them you can't do it with hands-on healing or anything like that it has to be done through the shashumna and that's what's called the kundalini as it starts coming up the shashumna and it takes years I'm not going to lie. It takes years, but it's worth it because that moment when you first have your first Kundalini, when you first feel it going straight up the spine. What does feel it feel like? like? Is it tingly? Is it? Oh, it's like a lightning bolt. But um, and then you have a flash of light. You actually see like a flash of light. Like, you know, that movie Stargate, it's like the yeah. beginning of the Stargate. And um, and then it goes down again. But every time it goes down again, it has cleaned more of the shashumna. And what started happening to me was I felt like my heart was out of my chest, glowing. When when I, my heart chakras started becoming sl- just slightly activated, it was intense. This feeling of this heart chakra 
uh, your heart just out of out, sort of hearing all of these high pitches and hums all over. I, I would say would say to people, "Can you hear that? Is there electricity in the walls?" And then other times, and it, it went on like that for about two years. And I used to call my friends and I'd say, "You know, we're in California. Did you feel? Did you? Was there a an earthquake last night? Because my bed would start shaking." Because as you go through, get out of the consciousness of this world, you literally break into um, a different dimension. And so the first time I, I went through the Stargate, it was just like that. You, my whole head was like humming and screaming, like not bees, but it's hard to explain. And then I went jump right through this thing. And I ended up in like this different dimension. But as soon as I realized that I could see 360 degrees around me, my conscious awareness brought me back into my body. Because when you're in that state, the moment you start thinking again or being aware, of, like in a human way, you go straight back into the body. So after a couple of years of this, one day on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m., a very, very blessed, blessed morning, I was meditating and um I went through the Stargate and then I just went, it was like the sky opened up. It was just, you know, I don't know, you're in the timelessness. And my that's when my crown chakra finally became activated and I was awakened. And then you just, you, you can't explain it. It's like you can hear everything. You can see everything. It's so intense. At first, I couldn't even walk properly because I felt like the ground was just like a lake, and yeah. I would look at I would look at walls and they were just moving like water, you know, because this world is just vibration. So, but after a couple of years, I um, I started teaching, and what I started doing was doing light transmissions. People would send me their photographs. And I would pray for their photograph. I would gaze their eyes and I noticed a phenomenon was happening. Their eyes would close and their face would look like a Buddha. And then the photograph would disappear in the light. And then I would do a prayer. I love to pray. I would do a special prayer for that person for whatever they'd ask the prayers for. And then I did this for free for about two years because I wanted to make sure, Victoria, that it really worked. It was really yeah. something that was working for people. I didn't want to... You know, because just because I felt it didn't mean that I had the gift of being able to have that light go through. But then I realized, wow, this this is I'm just a I'm just a light bulb. I'm just a conduit. I'm not doing a thing. All I'm doing is having the intention. Being I would just fall in love with every face I saw. All I'd see was God. All I'd feel was this intense love for them. I could hardly go to a movie without wanting to if I felt felt someone was in pain without wanting to run over and hug them. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we go, I, I want to go back on the um, on the Michelle blog, the affirmation songs, and where can somebody find that? What's the web link? Well, oh, okay. Well, first of all, what I'd like to do is give away lots of stuff to your listeners for free. I think that's something that they can at least, uh, if they go to michelleblood.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-B-L-O-O-D, michelleblood.com forward slash intuitive edge they will get um, the magic of affirmation power book they'll get the visualization they'll get songs for success that I wrote with Bob Proctor they will get uh, magnetic creative visualization 
uh, the practice of meditation video, just tons of stuff, a couple of hundred dollars worth of products, absolutely free. So I'd really like them, Victoria, just to just to experiment, just to see how they feel. So I think oh, that's exciting. It- so if you're interested in the positive affirmation songs and learning about all the other sort of consciousness and mystical experiences that Michelle Blood has learned from her own near death experience of a car accident and how she's evolved from that, you should go to Michelle Blood and that's Michelle with one L dot com forward slash intuitive edge. I also have the link in the show notes. All right, terrific. Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. I'd love to schedule another time because I think there's a lot more to talk about and that we can really dive in and dig deep into, you know, one or two specific topics and really be able to pull out, you know, some information and all of us sort of grow from it, you know, while we're on a a podcast. So I thank you for your time. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Victoria. You're lovely. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed the show today. The Intuitive Edge is sponsored by Studio Carlton. They're a group of voice designers, producers, and developers of custom Amazon Alexa skills. You want to expand your brand, raise your visibility, and interact on a voice platform like Amazon Alexa? Check out StudioCarlton.com. The Intuitive Edge is produced by a team with Weston Media Group, LLC, Atlanta, Georgia. 